All right, good afternoon, everybody, and thank you very much, Rob. Nice to have you with us again, folks. The question that we answer every week is, do I have a case? And people from all over northeastern and central Pennsylvania mailing in their questions, looking for legal advice from our legal beagle attorney, Keith Figure. Keith, how are you today? I'm doing good, Frank. Pleasure to be here as always. Uh, good to see you. As I talk to you as well, Rob. All right. Now, we, we get some very sensitive questions that come in. We, we get some that are kind of basic, uh, like the one a couple weeks ago about the guy that wanted to sell a shotgun to a neighbor. But we get some that are really intense and really specific, and that's our first one today. Attorney Keith figured I have incurable cancer. Would it make sense to transfer all my assets with my name on it to my wife? So first off, of course, um, you know, I'm sorry to hear about the uh, diagnosis. I'm actually, uh, my mom's dealing with a similar issue now, so I can relate. Um, but in terms of the financial, uh, of course, I'm not a financial advisor um, or an estate lawyer, but I can offer some general information that might be helpful. Um, transferring assets to your wife can have various implications, both legal and financial. It's essential to consult with a qualified professional, such as an estate attorney or a financial advisor, who can provide personalized advice based on your circumstances on your specific circumstances and jurisdiction. In some cases, transferring assets to your spouse may have estate planning benefits such as minimizing estate taxes or ensuring a smooth transfer of assets upon your passing. However, there may be legal and tax considerations involved and it is crucial to understand the potential implications. Additionally, if you have outstanding debts or liabilities, transferring assets solely to avoid creditors could have legal consequences. Laws regarding asset transfers and creditor protection can vary, so it is crucial to seek professional advice to ensure you're acting within the bounds of the law. There are many considerations involved in transfer of your assets or designations of beneficiaries, and you should gather your information and meet with an experienced estate planning attorney to discuss your wishes. In addition, you should make sure you have appropriate powers of attorney prepared so that your financial and health care decisions can be made in the event you are unable to communicate those decisions. If your goal is to minimize your PA estate tax, you may be too late. While the federal tax uses a three-year look-back period for gifts made by the decedent, there is a one-year look-back period for Pennsylvania inheritance tax. Gifts made within one year of the date of death are included and are taxable to the extent they exceed $3,000. This also applies to property held jointly by spouses. Um, uh, property held jointly typically by spouses are exempt from Pennsylvania inheritance tax unless the property was transferred into joint name by the decedent within one year of the date of death. If transferred within one year prior to death, the one-year transfer and contemplation of death rule applies, causing 100% inclusion in the estate of the transfer spouse. Overall, it's essential to have open and honest discussions with your spouse, consult with professionals, and consider the long-term implications before making any decisions about transferring assets. They can guide you through the process and help you make informed choices based on your situation. And of course, for the listener that sent in that question, and Keith, also for your mom, our prayers and our thoughts are with you. Thanks, thank you. All right. Now, here's the next one. I'm, I, you know, every week we steer people to your website, and I'm sure someone went there and saw something, and they have a specific question. I see on your website that you handle Pennsylvania Heart and Lung Act claims. What are Heart and Lung Act claims to begin with? 
Okay, so um, uh, it, it, sometimes people get the impression that that's a deal at heart and lungs, so that kind of uh, throws people off. But what it actually pertains to is that certain jobs come with a much higher risk of injury than others. The Pennsylvania Heart and Lung Act applies to law enforcement officers to attract qualified individuals to these dangerous positions. The law states that law enforcement officers who are injured at work and temporarily incapacitated from performing job duties shall be paid their full salary, including pay raises, accrual of their retirement, as well as accrual of vacation sick time until their injury has ceased. So the purpose of the Heart and Lung Act is to compensate law enforcement employees with their full salary who have been injured on the job and who are experienced or who are expected to recover and return to work. If the law enforcement suffers a permanent injury, they would no longer be entitled to Heart and Lung Act benefits, but may be entitled to other benefits such as workers' compensation and Act 632 or 534 benefits. Now, in order to qualify for these benefits, the officer has to be injured while in the performance of his duties. And the uh, individuals that qualify uh, for these, basically, uh, it's provided provides coverage for municipal employees in law enforcement and firefighting industries. That's actually why the, where the heart lung came from, because after a number of years, officers, because of the stress of the job, if they had a heart attack, hence the heart, and then, of course, the firefighters with the smoke inhalation, um, hence the, the lung. But it encompasses any injury, again, so long as it's temporary, and it applies to any member of the state police force, enforcement officers, and investigators employed by the Pennsylvania Liquor Control board, parole agents, and probation enforcement officers, um, those employees by the Department of Corrections who are tasked with care, custody, and control of inmates, including psychiatric security aides, drug enforcement agents, special agents of the Office of Attorney General, member of the Delaware River Port Authority Police, all county, city, borough, town, or township policemen, firemen, or park guards, firemen employed by the state sheriffs and deputy sheriffs and, and enforcement officers and investigators of the Pennsylvania Game Commission. I actually have been handling heart lung games for two decades. In fact, I set up the whole disability process for all 28 state correctional facilities over 20 years ago. I'm probably one of the leading practitioners of these benefits across the state, whether it be representing these employees or police officers. So if anybody does have a question pertaining to this, not only am I familiar with the heart lung, but I know the interplay between the workers' compensation, the Act 632, 534, as well as the collective bargaining agreement and the issues pertaining to pensions, whether it be a, a disability pension and the process to make sure the employee knows exactly um, what benefits they have and to be able to inform them so they can make decisions that are best for them. And of course, as we mentioned before, one of the best places to go is Keith's website. So how do people get in touch with you, sir? And they can contact me directly at 570-954-9299. And I can also receive emails through uh, my email at Keith at FiguredLaw.com and uh, my website, which has additional information, which is FiguredLaw.com. All right. Coming up next week, we have a question about First Amendment rights and also about suing a police officer. So we got some very interesting questions coming up. Keith, you have a great weekend. My pleasure, Frank, and thank you, Rob, and uh, I'll look forward to next week. All right. Now, folks, if you have a question on any subject at all, as long as it comes under the category, do I have a case, just send it to me at frankandrews at wilknewsradio.com. That's frankandrews, wilknewsradio.com, and let's get back to Rob.